This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 11, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. North Korea is rattling sabers again, threatening South Korea and the United States. But the present U.S. role in managing that tense relationship is unwise and endangers other important relationships as well. Rather than play up the fear, the U.S. should downplay the threat. So says Doug Bandau, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Well, the good news is there's no indication that Kim Jong-un and his colleagues are suicidal or stupid. They would lose any war. The U.S. could vaporize the entire country in a retaliatory strike. And the North Koreans know it. They've been doing this for a very long time. What's different now is kind of how concentrated the threats are, how violent they are. That's got everybody excited, but there's really no difference. And if you go to you know, Pyongyang today, people are reporting out of Pyongyang. There's no, no one's panicking. There's no, you know, no one's doing anything there. They're all taking it very much in stride. I think this is all a show. I, my guess is that the North Koreans are just loving it. They're dominating headlines. They're making all the newscasts. They've got the, you know, the greatest power on earth running around. Oh, we got to do this and do that. Oh, my goodness. That that's really what they're after. And that at some point they're going to drop it. On uh, the April 15th is the uh, birthday of the great leader, the founder of North Korea. This may be an element of that. They're showing how important they are prior to his birthday. You know, the, the, uh, the grandson nominally in charge. We don't know quite how the system works, but he's been there a little over a year. He may view this as a way to ratify his leadership, show that he's really tough. It may be a reward to the military. A lot of things potentially are going on, but quite honestly, they're not going to attack America. They wouldn't exist if they did. The repeated drumbeat that uh, North Korea seems to generate around the world in terms of media is hard to deny. And and it seems that if, if this were nothing or if it were significantly less than what they're making it out to be uh, over years, that we wouldn't be having this kind of coverage of an event like this. Well, there are two factors here, one of which is the U.S. has gotten itself involved, so anything that happens in Korea affects the U.S. We have 28,500 troops sitting there. They shouldn't be there. They're not needed. The South Koreans can defend themselves. But what we are do is we've entangled ourselves in this mess. So when North Korea shouts and causes problems, look what happens. And the second is that much of the news coverage is responding to America's response. That is, if the response was to do nothing, and it was brought up at a presidential press conference, and the response of you know, the press secretary, Carney, or something was, oh, yeah, right, thank you. Uh, no, there's nothing there. We're moving on. Now, next question. I don't think you'd see quite the same you know, national, international headlines. What the North Koreans have done very well has gotten everybody else to dance to their tune. The best thing we could do is to ignore them, downplay it. Say, oh, look, I mean, we have deterrence. If they're stupid enough to do anything, they'll regret it. Now, we're busy with other things. We have real problems to deal with. Instead, we, you know, we're sending planes over. We're talking about this, setting up missiles. Secretary Kerry's going over. All of this, I think, rewards the North Koreans with the attention they desperately want. If we did the opposite, they'd be frustrated and the headlines would die away. When you spoke with uh, John Bolton on Fox News about this subject, his argument for having 28,000, nearly 30,000 troops in South Korea was for them the importance of having them on the southern tip of the Korean peninsula ready to deploy all over the uh, Asia. And he says, well, that's why we need to have those people there. It's not so we specifically are exposing them to uh, potentially 
uh, a nuclear attack from North Korea. Well, it's kind of funny. For years and years, the U.S. commitment was seen as protecting South Korea from North Korea. It's obviously not needed for that purpose. Today, South Korea has 40 times the GDP, twice the population of North Korea. If there's any country on earth that can defend itself, it's South Korea. This is essentially welfare for the South Koreans. So the American defense establishment says, ah, we have another use. We can use these throughout Asia. The problem is the South Koreans don't like that. I mean, if you went to Seoul and said, we have a great idea. We're going to use our forces and bases in South Korea in a war against China over Taiwan, there would be a collective heart attack in Seoul. The South Koreans have no interest in getting dragged into conflicts that we might think are important. And the other problem is people like John Bolton, who I respect, but John, when we were debating, said, we've got to convince the Chinese to solve this problem and deal with North Korea and allow a reunited Korea. At the same time, he's saying, and of course, American troops should be there to deploy throughout Asia, which means, to the Chinese mind, against China. That ain't going to happen. If you want to convince China to be helpful, and frankly, they are the key player when it comes to North Korea, they're not going to be helpful if they think the result is going to be a united Korea allied with America with U.S. troops on their border. That's a non-starter. So I think it's time to say this is not our problem. We should be friendly with and allied with countries. We can work with countries. That's great. But they should be responsible for their own defense. And we shouldn't assume that we have to meddle all over, have troops on station, and be in the middle of every conflict. That's simply not needed. It's not in our interest. And ultimately, it's not in the interest of countries in the region. They should be defending themselves and taking care of their own uh, problems. You mentioned China as being the key to all of this when North Koreans escape into China and China finds them and they take some effort to find them, they are returned and uh, often are killed or, or their families are killed or any number of horrible things happen to them. How much credibility does the United States, given our odd relationship with China as both a rival and our banker, to make kind demands of, of China in terms of, hey, you should not uh, be returning people who are escaping a brutal regime. The U.S. has no ability to make demands on China. What the U.S. needs to do is relearn diplomacy and try to convince China. China you know, fo- you know, is focused on stability. Their treatment of refugees is appalling. You know, they've supported the regime in Pyongyang despite all of its murderous activity. But they're offended today. You can tell they're really upset in part because they want stability and they recognize that what North Korea is doing is very destabilizing. What the U.S. needs to do is make the case to China that what's going on today is far worse than China taking an active role to try to transform that regime. And part of that means the U.S. has to be willing to say, look, if there's problems of refugees, we, the South Koreans and others will share the expense. And the U.S. has to be willing to say we don't take geopolitical advantage. If the North Korean regime disappears, the peninsula reunites essentially a South Korean reunification or lead reunification, that there won't be U.S. troops on the Yalu peering into China. But we have to convince them we cannot dictate to China. At this stage, they're far too powerful, far too nationalistic for that. We have to convince them. So far, we haven't made a very good case. Doug Bandow is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.